We're so excited that you're here today. Jesus wants to talk to us about time. So let's acknowledge him. Jesus, we thank you for teaching us your way, for teaching us about your time. We thank you and praise you that you meet every need. And we thank you and praise you that you are revealing to us the mysteries of your kingdom, that you, you never leave us or forsake us, and that you're getting us ready for that time where we stand before you. We love you and praise you. We give you all the glory. So we had been talking about the garment, the wedding dress, and everything Jesus teaches us is refining us to that place where we fit into the kingdom. And so as he shows us truth, in other words, then we walk in it, we receive it, we acknowledge it, we don't reject it. And by doing that, we're preparing to stand before him that day without spot or wrinkle. In the Passion Translation, Galatians 6, 7, God will never be mocked. For what you plant will always be the very thing that you harvest. So much going on in the kingdom that you may not realize. And so what he's saying is what you plant will come up. You will have a harvest. The harvest you reap reveals a seed that you planted, right? And so whatever you're planting, whatever words you're speaking, that is what's going to happen. These are spiritual principles in the kingdom of God. If you plant corrupt seeds of self-life into this natural realm, you can expect a harvest of corruption. If you plant good seeds of spirit life, you will reap beautiful fruits that grow from everlasting life of the spirit. Don't allow yourselves to be weary in planting good seeds. For the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you've been planting is coming. Take advantage of every opportunity to be a blessing to others, especially to our brothers and sisters in the family of faith. And so you might not realize it, but planting good seed is planting seeds in other people's lives, doing good to others. The kingdom of God, planting seeds in the kingdom is God's way. The do unto others as you would want to be done to you is the thing that you're doing when you're expecting good results. Don't allow yourselves to be weary in planting good seeds. So don't get weary in doing that good thing and doing that for others because when you do for others, that will be done for you. That's how you reap good things in the kingdom of God. Take advantage of every opportunity to be, to be a blessing to someone, especially to our brothers and sisters in the family of faith. So take those opportunities. Don't be thinking about yourself because that is what you will reap. In God's, in God's kingdom, you know, he said, with him, our one day for him is as a thousand years. Second Peter 3, 8, do not let this one fact escape you. Don't let this escape your thinking. Remember this, that the Lord with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. 
And so one thing I believe he's, he's telling me to say is be patient. As we just read, keep doing the good. What you sow, you will reap. I haven't forgotten you. He has a plan. He, he has a plan to work it out for your good. But if you quit and give up, he can't establish that plan because it's impossible to please him without faith. He can't move in your life unless you believe him. And so when, when he is taking time and you're getting impatient, the, the way to get through it is to take every opportunity to give to someone else. Because not only when you give will you have joy, but what you give will be given back to you. That's how, that's how you allow God to move. So maybe something's taking a really long time. And he's trying to, to get this message to you. Give. Luke 6.38. Give and it'll be given unto you. Press down, shaken together, and running over. That's the spiritual law. And if you don't give, he can't get it back to you. And it's not that he's going to use that person that you gave to to give back to you. It's his law. It's his law that's working on your behalf. If you do that spiritual thing. And in such a time as this, he's coming and he's calling us to do the work. He's calling us to do his work. The harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. So there's a lot of people in need and, and they're reaching out even to Christians and the Christians turn them down. And Jesus is saying, faith without action is dead. If your brother or sister comes to you and is poorly clad, if they're in need and you don't give to them, that means you don't have faith. That Luke 6.38, given will be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. God always has, no matter what your resources are, he always has something that you can give to help that person. And it, it doesn't always have to be a lot. It doesn't always have to be that thing that, you know, maybe you're just thinking, well, I got $5. And this person needs a whole lot more than that. Give it. Just give it because God will make sure that it works out for you and that person. Maybe if you give someone $5, they have $5 to give to multiply what they gave because the Bible says when you give, it'll be multiplied back to you. And so when we operate in that giving principle, if you give five and you get a hundredfold return, right? $5 times a hundred is $500. Then you have $500. You've been multiplied back to. That's the way his kingdom operates. But if we're greedy and we won't do it, then he can't do what he has promised because you're not doing what you promised when you asked him to be your God. That's why on that day he said, you didn't do my will. You didn't know my will. And you're saying, but Lord. And he's saying, I didn't know you. You didn't operate in my kingdom. You didn't do my principles. See, he wants to bless you, but how can he if you don't follow 
his principles. That's how it works, right? If you don't pay the rent, if you have an apartment and you don't pay the rent, how are you going to live there? You don't expect them to live, let you live there anyway, right? And so God is saying, when you give, then I can multiply it back to you. Press down, shaken together, and running over. And Matthew 6.33. Seek his way of doing and being right, and what you need will be added to you. His way of doing and being right is to love that person. Not judge them. Not, you know, decide how they could have done this and they could have done that and they should have done that. God is saying have compassion for that person. It's not like you don't have a plank in your own eye, but you don't see it because you're so busy getting that speck out of your brother's eye. And so, do not let this one fact escape you. Now, now this is in the context of he said he's coming and many think he's late. Second Peter 3, 8. Um, he, he, before um, he says anything else, he says, make sure you get, you get this. I'm not late. I'm not late. My day is as a thousand years. Your one day is different than my day. And I'm not here yet because you're not doing my will. You're, you're not doing my principles. We're late. He's not. If you're saying, Lord, you know, I asked you to, to do this for me, but you're not giving, then you're not allowing him to do that thing for you. Well, Lord, I thought you were coming. It's not his will that one should perish. That's why he's not here yet. Are you doing his work? Are you helping that person in need? Or is your life all about you? Remember the rich man? I just like to bring him up, the rich young ruler. What do I have to do to have eternal life? Sell your stuff. Give it to the poor. Follow me. Do what I do. Live how I live. Conform to my kingdom. Live by my principles, is what he was saying. And many of us don't even realize that we should be asking, Lord, what do I have to do to have eternal life? And he'd say the same thing to you today because many are thinking oh I'm ready I'm going to be moving into the kingdom when Jesus gets here I have no doubt I've been a Christian for 35 years but I, I don't give and, and, and I judge and I mean if you sit at his feet he's going to correct you he corrects those that he loves it's exciting to give and it gets you through the, the waiting process and the waiting process isn't going to be as long because you're bringing in the harvest the people in need need you to give to them whatever it is that they need. Whatever it is that God tells you that they need. I'm just thinking of the book that I wrote, the last book I wrote, The Man in the Red Tattered Shirt. And what happened to me one night is a realization of I was just about me. And I really wasn't ready for eternal life. I, I went to a gas station to get gas, and um, there was this man there, and he was just tearing the place apart. He's throwing garbage cans. He was staring at me, and I was reading his mind, like, why do you have a car and I don't have a car? And um, I, I had a lot of 
violence in my life. And so that very um, thing just scares me away right away. You know, I'm thinking about me, not him. And so I got out of there as quick as I could. And the next morning I was corrected. And Jesus said, it wasn't about you. You can trust me. You're not to live in fear of your past or that this man would hurt you. But you should be thinking, but you should be thinking about what does this man need? He needs Jesus. And you have Jesus to give to him. But you didn't. You're just thinking about yourself. You're thinking only of yourself, not what this man needed. I felt terrible. This man, maybe, I felt like Jesus was saying is, you could have just said, come on, let's get a cup of coffee and talk about this. What's happening? Or what could I give to him? Besides that, what could I, what I, what could have I done to make his life better instead of thinking about me and being afraid that he was going to hurt me and thinking about how dirty he was and I didn't even want him in my car. So that thought must have gone through my mind that I could have him come and get, come and get in the car. But no, I was too prissy. It was all about me. And that is what God is saying, the life that we're living. These people need us. And we're just thinking about ourselves. And we have one excuse after another. And that's why he's not here yet. Because not only are they perishing, but because we don't care, we're perishing even though we think we're ready for Jesus and we don't have to do anything. People don't even care to read my book because they feel convicted as soon as they open it. One lady said to me, well, I stopped reading your book because you said I had to do something. And Jesus saved me by his blood. Yeah, he did. But the thing is, is if he's living on the inside of you, and you're serving him, if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and you care about what he cares about, which is what that means, then you're going to do. You're going to be that, that person that does, that does that greater work. Whoever believes, lay hands on the sick, cast out demons, right? In his name, care about others, give, love. You'll know them by their fruit. But most people just think that all they need to do is go to church and serve there, which is fine if that's where God put you to serve. But it's not the only place. And sometimes we're doing service without Jesus, right? Because otherwise, why would, he, why would he say, wait for me, I didn't know you, you who practice lawlessness. 
but Lord, we did this, we did that in your name. I'm referring to Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone who calls me Lord, not everyone who goes to church and thinks they're doing my will will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father. And then he said, when you don't, he's going to say, I didn't know you. Away from me, I didn't know you. You who practice lawlessness. I was practicing lawlessness that day. I was in the wrong line. He's separating the sheep from the goats. Right? Whatever you do for this person, you do, you're doing for me. And whatever you don't do, you're rejecting me. And so his timetable is different than ours. He's not here yet because we're not ready, and he loves us, and he doesn't want you to perish. He doesn't want you to perish. And so he's telling you the truth, Revelation, the truth, Revelation 3.19. I correct those that I love. He corrected me. I appreciated that. I don't want to stand before him that day and say, him say to me, away from me, I didn't know you. You didn't love that man. You didn't care for him. You're only about yourself. I want to know now. You want to know now. He's going to set you up to help people. And it's going to be uncomfortable. I have other situations in my life that were so uncomfortable because I had to, I had to like not care about me and care about them instead. And I wasn't used to doing that. I'm used to about caring about me and my family and other people caring about them and their families. But really, anyone else's problem is our problem. And so Jesus doesn't give up on them, and neither should we. Right? Those that are in need. That man needed Jesus, and I had Jesus to give to him, and I didn't. I walked away. I ran away. I rejected Jesus, because what you do for the least of men, you do for me. And by the way, that's a free book. You can get it on my website, The Man in the Red Tattered Shirt. I just encourage you to get it and go ahead and challenge yourself to the truth and the word of God. Jesus isn't coming because we don't know. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. Some situations are so difficult to deal with when, when you're living in the kingdom of God that you just don't know what to do. And I'm in situations like that all the time. And some people would say, well, I think you should do this, and I would do this. And I say to those people, but I only do what Jesus tells me to do, because what I think to do could be wrong. What I think I should do is usually comfortable, right? But what Jesus tells you to do is never comfortable. And most always gets you in trouble, actually. So that's the word I have for you today. God is saying that his time is according to what we're doing. 
his time is is um he's held up because we're not doing his will. He said he's long suffering as he waits for us, paraphrasing it, I'm gonna paraphrase it, waits for us to get it together, to repent and get ready. There's gonna be a new heaven and a new earth. There's there's no going backwards when he comes. When he comes, that's it. That's it. And there's no going back. And so he's not quick to come because that's the end of that book. It's the end of that. It's the end of it. And we start a new chapter or a new book, whatever you want to call it. The new heaven and the new earth where God lives with us. So now is our time to get to know him and do his work so that he can come. And if you're not receiving receiving from him more than you can ask or think it's because you're not giving you're not giving let him direct your path don't direct it yourself don't try to be God let him take care of you let's pray Jesus you said you're knocking at the door of our heart and you would come and live on the inside of us and teach us all things if we would acknowledge you, if we would heed your voice. And so we want to heed your voice right now. We commit to heed your voice. Come and live on the inside of us and teach us your way. Prepare us for the kingdom. Show us how to love your way. Show us how to love your way. We love you. We praise you. We love you so much. Thank you for showing us your way. Thank you for showing us the problem as to why you're not here yet. Let me praise you and give you all the glory. You know, in Matthew 24, he said that um, he's going to come when the gospel is preached to everyone. And those aren't always just words, but it's our actions. It's how we portray Jesus. People see pictures more than they see words. You can say something, but if you're not doing that thing, then it means nothing to that last person. Thanks so much for listening today. God bless you.